On today's episode, the Nerf Herd reviews... Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5. What a piece of junk. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Goodness gracious me. Well, that smells stinking with. Why, you stuck up... So, you have accepted the truth. Possibly. This bickering is pointless. I want more. <laughs> Half-witted. At last, we will reveal ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let him take that back, huh? I shall do what I must. That thing's operational. Yes, I know. You're shorter than I expected. No ship that small has a cloaking device. My goodness, you've grown. <laughs> Scruffy-looking. This is madness. I know what you mean. How could you even say that? He doesn't seem to take a hint, this guy. This party's over. Don't touch anything. Nerf herder! Well, if there's a bright center to the universe, you've found the podcast that it's furthest from. Welcome to the Nerf Herd. Dad, are you talking to your nerd friends about Star Wars again? What? I don't believe what I'm hearing. Terminator, immediately. <laughs> At last, where have you been? Do you want to come and chat with you? We would be honored if you would join us. And hello there, everyone. Welcome to the Nerf Herd, a podcast where a bunch of us Midwestern move milkers get together and talk about all things Star Wars. I am your host, Jordan, and with me today we have Cosette. Hello. Michael. Hello, hello. Mike. Oh, no. Hello. <laughs> and guard. <laughs> Heidi ho, neighboros. Ahoy. Okay, so today we are talking about Kenobi Part 5. Just one more to go here, guys, and I've heard some rumors about how long this last episode is going to be. Uh, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Uh, since we have two new, two new newcomers today, we are going to go uh, do the thing where I ask you just a couple questions to help introduce yourself. Uh, Cosette, you're up first here. I just wanted to ask you two questions. How were you introduced to Star Wars, and then who do you like to watch Star Wars with uh, today yeah so uh, fun story my grandma had gone into labor with my mom on May 25th 1977 uh, just two days what? before the original New Hope came out and so oh, my awesome. mom has just been a devoted Star Wars fan ever since quite literally day one here um, being her child of course she made sure I was known of the whole Star Wars universe at a very young age. So I've been watching it since I was real young. And um, yeah. And for usually who I watch it with when all of the siblings were still living at home, it was typically just my family. But now since I'm out of my own, it's tip it's usually just more me. But I like to watch it with whoever's willing as well. More the merrier. There you go. Good answers. That's awesome with the thing with your mom yep. being born basically <laughs> for Star Wars. Just in time. Uh, Mike, same questions to you. How are you introduced to Star Wars, and who do you like to watch it with? Uh, well, how I was introduced to Star Wars was not typical. I watched The Phantom of Menace when my mom took me over to like some type of daycare, and some kid brought The Phantom Menace because it came out on VHS, finally. <laughs> and so that's how I got introduced to uh star wars and then i waited until after the attack of the clones to watch the original series original trilogy um so that's how i got introduced to star wars and then watching it with 
people, um, not really. Like, I usually just watch it by myself. Or um, sometimes my brother and I will watch Star Wars, but mainly it's just me. I feel you, brother. I feel you. <laughs> hard, hard, hard to get the wife to sit down and watch with me, too. That's why you have kids. They'll watch it with you. You, you know what? It's... Uh, <laughs> She's not. She doesn't mind watching it. It's just not her thing. Not her same thing. thing. Like Grey's Anatomy is not my thing. But like, oh, I'll yeah. stand and watch some episodes and ask questions. And I'm like, I gotta stop. I gotta. Yeah. You know, this is sorry. I don't <laughs> can't get too you know, deep. Grey's, this is not a Grey's Anatomy podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> when do the yeah. when do the lasers come out? Where are the blasters? I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that, a good episode. A surgeon. Have surgery yeah. with lasers. For sure. <laughs> Um, well, I guess that episode three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some, for reasons we can't explain, she's dying. Yeah. Um, a follow-up <laughs> to both of you, and Michael, you already answered that, or Mike, you already answered that being Phantom Menace was your first episode you ever watched. Um, Cosette, what was your first, like your first Star Wars media you consumed? Um, I'd say A New Hope. I watched the four, five, and six first, and then my mom raised me right. <laughs> going that route but yeah i'd say that was the first one those older ones that's awesome uh-huh. very cool okay well let's get into the episode here i'll do a quick summary of it for us and then i have a very special guest who's going to give us her opinion on what she thought here real quick um so we're talking about part five this episode was directed uh as they all were by deborah chow and then we have Joby Harold, who's been the main writer on this, and a new addition to the writing team here, it looks like, uh, and Andrew Stanton. Um, I don't really have a lot of information on him, but he was, uh, looks like he takes part in next week's episode, too. Interesting. Uh, okay, so uh, we are introduced immediately uh to a sequence 13 years ago uh which actually feels like it's just before we see attack of the clones uh start uh kenobi walks in to train anakin in a neat little area inside what looks like the jedi temple on coruscant uh where he criticized anakin for his aggressive actions uh we move back to the present then where uh kenobi has been tracked to jabim uh v- vader promotes reva to grand inquisitor or does he? Uh, and then the Empire arrives at the facility like they do uh, and sends two whole ships of stormtroopers uh, to go uh, and move in there. Led by Reva, of course, um, who starts uh, attacking the building. As that whole process takes place, you're seeing kind of this chess game that's happening back and forth between uh, the mind of Obi-Wan and Vader uh, until uh, Obi-Wan eventually... Uh, goes to discuss with Reva and learns that she's actually using him to get the Vader, and he actually uses her to help them escape. Uh, we lose some friends along the way, and we're escaping on a ship with no hyperdrive, and of course, a very important piece of technology is left in the dirt for a now twice stabbed in the gut and survived Reva to recover, uh, setting up who knows what for next episode. So uh, let's see. What do I have in my notes here? Okay. So for a very special guest, uh, just a really quick reaction. Brinley, if you would be so kind. Brinley is my 
uh, nine-year-old daughter who's been watching the show with us. Would you tell us what you thought of the episode? I thought it was really good. Yes. Any more insight than that? <laughs> My favorite part went, was when she said, I'm going to need a ladder. You, do you think it's pretty cool that you and Leia are the same age in this show? <laughs> Isn't that neat? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, what was your least favorite part? I'm not sure. Was it when um, Tala died? Probably. That was pretty sad, huh? I liked her. She was a good character. <laughs> Anything else before I let you go? No. Okay. Thanks, kiddo. Bye. Peace. Um, okay, so I've asked each of you guys to uh, go ahead and give me an individual score for the episode on 1 to 10. Just the number. Rapid fire. Cosette. I'd say 8.5. Get the point in there. Very fancy. Very fancy. Mm, as, that's as literally, what I was, literally what I was going to say, so now I feel like a copycat. <laughs> but 8.5 was my score also. 8.5. Very good, Michael. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh... 5.0. It's a number. It's a number. Guard. It's a number. I'll give you my reasons. <laughs> I'm going to sit with a solid 7.7. 7. 7. 7. 7. <laughs> this one was, it was interesting for me. I feel like the majority of people out there who like it, like it more than me. Like, I'm still enjoying it, but I don't know. Overall, I'd go probably probably right around a seven I, I think i'm right in there with you guard i think i am i think i am um okay so we're gonna do the format a little bit differently this week instead of talking through each point of the episode uh i've asked each of you to take some notes and we're just gonna kind of go over them in order um alphabetically here the way we're set up in discord cosette you are first so let's hear what you got and we'll start hashing it out all right perfect um so my points are kind of just all over the place. But first thing I have in here, obviously the uh, flashbacks before uh, Clone Wars here. Um, one thing, however, um, the first shot of the younger Anakin, he's looking out at the Senate district. And um, I saw a point here where he knows Padme is living in there. And so it's almost yeah. like he... Um, over the years has just been, I don't know, yeah, peering over there, kind of hoping that one day he'll see her again and all that, but I just thought that was kind of cool. He was looking out that direction there. You make a, you make a really good point. So I think what us as the viewer, uh, we, we expect right now when we're watching this, like we don't instantaneously know when this is taking place when we watch it right but that you're you're 100 right the building he's looking at is her apartment right, right. essentially um but you, you make an excellent point i actually hadn't thought about it yet whereas they're not together yet mm -hmm. but he's he's still obsessed with her at this point yep and i don't know maybe shave on obi-wan for not you know catching on to that a little bit <laughs> are you an angel <laughs> <laughs> It no, that's a good point though. Almost like he's physically present but mentally distant. Right. Like it's kind of been portrayed that Padme has had been a distraction for him for a while and ultimately um caused him to make some some mistakes because of that attachment. 
The stalker and the pedophile get together. All right. Oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. She is. She is uh, robbing that cradle. Oh. He's. Do we yeah. know he's he's how old? He's how old there? I'm sure somebody knows that. Eighteen or nineteen? Probably probably just probably just hit legal. I don't know. Yes. Of might. Coruscant mm. might have different laws for that, and I couldn't say. Who knows? <laughs> you know, yeah, I heard a space. great joke with the last episode of when you see Obi Wan having Leia in a trench coat. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> uh, well, the 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 punchline is that that's not the like it's not the first uh, time that a Disney employee got caught with a kid. Sorry, it triggers. Sorry, it triggers yes, jokes, yes, guys. It triggers yes, jokes. Yes, at the time of this recording, Disney is in some hot water for all sorts of things, and I can't imagine it'll get better. Star Wars is on the menu, anyways. Guard, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think that section is just really cool. Like, I loved how they spliced the flashbacks in between, and it just really helped drive the story on how like like Anakin like hasn't really changed like he's still driven by the need to win he's still driven by his emotions he's not patient enough to let the siege play out he's gonna go for the kill like Obi-Wan all had to do was just sit back think about everything that he tried to teach Anakin and he was able to you know make his way out yeah that's that's an excellent point i feel like this episode is we're just watching this chess game play out right it's just Mm -hmm. you get such a good sense of how well the two knew each other when they were together in life and how really even with even with what we saw in part three and how obi-wan's kind of got a little rusty invaders grown more powerful they still think the same way and now that Obi-Wan's kind of more in gear to um, escape, essentially, and do so efficiently. Um, he's using he's using all his parts more efficiently, his brain, his lightsaber, everything. So, um, Yeah, you make a, want... a good point uh, where even though, at least as it stands now, Obi-Wan seems to definitely be physically outmatched, it just shows how clever he is and how well he knows Anakin, where tactically and intellectually obi-wan still seems to have the high ground <laughs> oh oh yeah and it, you can just imagine when when the ship flies off and vader realizes oh, it oh my it's it's the high ground all over again and yeah of course of course that's when reba decides to attack it what an idiot but eh, wait, we'll get there we'll get there um yeah i was gonna say i'm, I'm gonna make go ahead Oh, sorry. No. Um, no, no, no. Go ahead. Going back to the whole rustiness of Obi-Wan, I was uh, breaking down their fighting styles here uh, compared to earlier. So um, I saw it like in the flashbacks, Anakin had needed to use both hands on his saber, whereas Obi-Wan was just kind of uh, using the one, didn't need to take very much effort. And then uh, episode three between the duel between uh, Vader and Anakin, Obi, or sorry, Vader and Obi-Wan, my bad, uh, Obi was having to need to use both his hands, and Vader was just kind of using the one, so I noticed that mm. as well. 
the the that fight we see in the temple i mean if you pay attention to what we saw in episode three part three yeah that's yeah part three part three one um you it's the exact same beat down especially when anakin's coming down with that one-handed and Obi-Wan's like on the ground catching it. It's the exact yeah. same fight. It's the exact same camera work. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen too many people splice those two fights together yet, which I, I saw one. I saw mm. one, which is like, obviously that's what they're trying to portray here. Um, but I, yeah, I just thought that was super cool where, yeah, like like you say, the fighting style, like there's so much more to it than just how they move physically. It's how he thinks. And I, I feel like they did a really good job capturing that. And I love, too, how that specific uh, lightsaber beatdown encounter also, the first thing I thought of is how much it mirrors Luke when he's fighting Mm -hmm. Vader and he has him down and is just bashing on him. The only difference is Luke realizes it and stops himself. And sometimes Mercy does defeat the the enemy in that situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of mix things up on the fly here. Uh, if anybody else has notes from this specific section, let's go ahead and get them in now, just from the flashback part. Did you have anything else for that section, Cosette? I don't believe so, no. Like, okay, so with that, like the whole point of Obi-Wan going into Tatooine at the end of episode three was to watch Luke and train him at appropriate time. So why is it in this whole series... He's so weak looking when he should have been training in the force where we have images of him trying to contact Qui-Gon and he can't and connect to him. Yep. Mm. What's that? And and failing. Yeah, yeah, and failing. But if Obi-Wan's that strong in the force and knows when to die that we see in the original trilogy, he won't learn that. In just that shorter period of time where he goes and saves Luke in the original trilogy, he should mm-hmm. he would have been training for that. So, like, it's nice to see um, that duel, that flashback of Anakin looking out and afar, and doesn't make any reference to it. We, you know, you have to you have to make a reference in your mind that he's looking at Padme, whereas in previous movies they would throw out like a throwaway line. And the fans would get it, but Obi-Wan would still be blind to it. But the Mm. whole fighting scene of that doesn't demonstrate the struggle between Obi-Wan and Anakin. It just shows them having fun and showing, teaching Anakin a lesson that he just, they re-illustrate and showing the opposite with Obi-Wan. It it doesn't make a lot of sense with that. Um, It just... It wasn't my favorite part. Like the flashbacks have been disappointing for me, and well, I think that's really uh, the first one, isn't it? Have we? No, I mean, there's we've, had, we've had a few the sequences. Beginning. Yeah, yeah. The um, and kind of I'm previously like, on Star if Wars. this is supposed to be like continuity and everything's supposed to be connected, this is a horrible res- res- uh, representation of that connection of. We had the prequels leading up to the original trilogy and the original trilogy giving that sense of Obi-Wan being really strong in the Force and that that fight that only took place in Revenge of the Sith like and they didn't meet until A New Hope. And then we have this Obi-Wan series where they meet 
and just I don't know it's kind of pathetic for me like having that flashback it's just uh, eye candy for Star Wars fans but that's my thoughts on it on that whole scene so I, I totally get where you're coming from there and I think what that's I, I think that's on purpose I think what they're doing there is they're using this show to to show us that Obi-Wan I think did get pretty lax as we can see he does not I disagree to face off Vader well no, I, get, like, like, I disagree let, let like, me finish let me finish like what we'll see by the end of this is that Obi-Wan realizes he basically made a mistake in how he chose to set up himself to watch Luke and he'll do things differently after what we see here. Because, yeah, like you said, the Obi-Wan we see in episode four, he runs around with his lightsaber on his hilt. He does Jedi mind tri- tricks on freaking stormtroopers in on Tatooine with Luke sitting right there. Like, he's definitely had a change mm-hmm. of, of how his mind works and... I have a feeling we'll see a change in him by uh, by the the end of next week. But there honestly shouldn't have been a that big of a change. Yeah, I should they should show the struggles, but there shouldn't have been that big of a change in his character arc. The only like difference with if they were to do this correctly and with the flashbacks correctly is showing the the weaknesses that are there but his blindness not so much the weakness of his fighting skills his use of the force but his blindness to where it would connect to the original trilogy and revenge of the sith and they don't do that they just show you some eye candy i'm gonna be honest like the whole fight scene with vader and obi-wan pathetic like if you saw like if you compare both of those um the revenge of the sith and that fight scene from part three it is absolutely pathetic. And yeah, he's probably rusty in the force, but it's absolutely pathetic. And it doesn't show what a true Jedi Master is. Because if, look at Yoda. Like, Yoda finished strong. Obi-Wan's not going to finish that strong with the end of the series. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject here really quick. Because, <laughs> Michael, I think what, I think, I, I understand what you're saying here. And I think maybe your big grief here is really with Disney. Oh, absolutely, it is. But, but like, if they're going to do something with that, you have they to need realize, to do though, Obi Wan, like even canonically in the books, shut himself off from the Force so that Vader couldn't find him. Like the same mm-hmm. reason why Yoda went to Dagobah because there was such a strong dark side presence to mask his light side presence. Like, there's different ways of doing it. Obi Wan chose this way. Yoda chose that way. So yes, I'll give you that. But like, I think this is going to get to a point where, where like Jordan was saying, like Obi-Wan's going to realize, okay, that wasn't the right thing to do cutting because I don't. And that's the one thing I do have an issue with in this storytelling is like why he's having trouble communicating with Qui-Gon because like, if he's trying to communicate with Qui-Gon and he's cutting himself off from the Force, like, like that doesn't even make any logical sense. So I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're 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 trying to use that to to tell the story. I don't I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with everything Disney does either. But yeah, there's not, no so doubt been sorry, significant no doubt been significant plot holes in in what we've seen in the story. And uh, honestly, like online, um, Mike, I've heard a lot of uh, very similar complaints, like. Uh, you know, Vader in Obi-Wan's, you know, first reunion is in a gravel pit. 
Um, the fight seemed kind of weak. I mean, the last time they met, there was lava, there was floating machines. I mean, and then people said, like, oh, like, well, the budget for the TV series. And of course, the response that you and I have is like, it's still freaking Disney. Pretty sure they can afford it. Like, let's figure out the budget <laughs> thing. And let's get this done. Yeah, can you we know, not I, de-age I, Hayden Christensen seriously? <laughs> oh my gosh! Dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, but yeah, like with pivoting. that fight scene, oh, go ahead. Uh, with that fight scene with Vader and Obi Wan, it was just if Vader is that strong in the Force, why didn't he just like drag him out of the fire so his the his um, Tala right correct um, mm-hmm. didn't have to go grab him like it's it's kind of stupid like in this last in the last scene of this episode he can pull down a decoy ship but it was like so perplexed on pulling down one that has everybody well, he's tired shit. he's tired baby he's oh give me a break if he's one. that strong come on look he's man i'm just like trying someone just trying on a pedestal He's, he's not star killer he can't pull down two ships at the same time oh my i i oh actually want to chime in here too and add i think with some of that i know we mentioned it before in the previous podcast but i think with that vader wants obi-wan to suffer more than he necessarily wants to kill him at this point in time and i what i thought of honestly and this could even be reading way too deep into it but um, was the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels where he tells them there's some fates far worse than death, obviously referencing Vader. And I think it's kind of that that idea where at this point, Vader may be viewing killing Obi-Wan as a mercy because he sees how, like, how much of a gutter rat he's become, so to speak. And I think one of the key parts that's missing to Obi-Wan coming full circle and it kind of gets into some future predictions and stuff, but is that connection and communication with Qui-Gon? Um, because I think that's when he's going to reevaluate the way that he's done things and we're going to see more of a transition into a new hope Obi-Wan and the way that he does things. Not saying that they've done it flawlessly, but what they have done well is show Obi-Wan to be a character that is afraid. And it's been stated often in the films that fear is greatly impairs a jedi's connection to the force it they're supposed to you know almost walk blindly um in the force and obi-wan's fear of everything but specifically vader the empire all of that i think has um really disconnected him from that that pool of power that we saw him have in revenge of the sith Great thoughts. All right. So, uh, Guard, you had mentioned something that is is probably my biggest gripe about this episode. And hmm. that is the, the, the... These boys got old. They, they got old and they needed to do a little bit more either with makeup or digital de-aging, just in my opinion. Um, I was honestly completely taken out of the flashbacks by how weird they both looked i i thought uh uh obi-wan looked like he just woke up from a really bad nap like i don't know it was the hair the facial expressions <laughs> everything just seemed wrong um and something that I, I pointed out to you guys off microphone before uh a 40 year old 
Hayden Christensen looks like a young Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, for, and that's just really weird. For any of you who don't know, uh, if you've seen the, uh, for instance, the live action George of the Jungle from the uh, early 90s, uh, Lyle from that. So the whole time I'm watching this fight scene, I'm just thinking about Lyle from George of the Jungle. And it just, <laughs> it, it took me out. And of course, immediately, like hours, hours after this show is launched, uh, you have people online doing, you know, deep fakes and just making them both look right and doing a tremendous job. It's like if if Disney, if, I wouldn't be so perplexed if Disney hadn't already done that with Luke and the Mandalorian. Like, right? That's why? The deal. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I I understand we want to bring these characters back. I want understand we want to show them, and I could see the decision like, okay, we want this to be real Hayden's moment to shine. Yes, it's going to look good, but we want you know him to have his moment. But for the integrity of the story, I it just it was it was yucky. It I, looked yucky, and it made me sad. Yeah, I feel like that Disney tried to use less de-aging software to not make it as distracting, possibly because I know you can overdo it, and that's all the people are focusing on in the scene. But <laughs> by not, <laughs> I think it's still equally as distracting yeah. i'm trying to focus on their fighting and all that and the battling and i i just can't because it's i'm like this this guy he looks like he's 40 years old i can't do this because he is it's like he's the undercover cop going back to high school it's just like right hey guys what's what's up what's up <laughs> My oh, I'm sure only guys, I got help back yeah, like a you, few years. You guys have seen the <laughs> yeah. memes. You've seen the Steve Buscemi with Hayden's Christian on it. What's up, fellow Jedi youngling? And yeah. yeah. You've seen like the 40 year old uh, Padawan uh, memes. It's yeah. It's yeah. All I, all I could I was, picture was uh, Hayden Christensen standing there with a bunch of like waist high younglings and they're like standing in line doing their training. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, thrilled. Yes. I was thrilled that we got this scene. I just, I wish they would have done something more. Another thing I saw posted uh, that I hadn't really noticed. Um, somebody's like, well, where's all the cars on Coruscant? I'm like, flying through the air and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. I I watched it again just to just a few there. hours ago. And they're tiny, small in the distance, but they are 100% there. And you can actually hear them flying did, around. Like, they, they are there. Did you see the... Mickey Mouse <laughs> ears. I, I heard about. I heard about. Oh that. yeah. I I haven't I looked like it a, up. I don't. I saw an artist on a video on YouTube pointing that mm. out and depicting the two different ones. The one from Ruben, like from the prequels, to the current one, and it's looks and layout are totally different. They mm. don't even like. They don't even aren't even consistent with the looks with this current. Uh, show like night like quite literally night and day hmm. from the looks of the prequels to this current show did anybody feel like there's any symbolism in the design on the floor that they kept showing us from the top down hmm. Ooh. A i actually bit. haven't yeah. looked into that too much bit. it was it's like a black circle with a like interposed with like white stone and then a black ring and then white stone 
and they're kind of circling each other in that. I Someone's like, oh, well, that means the dark side and the light side, and you can see Anakin kind of standing closer <laughs> to the dark, and I'm like, you know, maybe, I don't know, but, you know, they don't shoot any of these things on accident, so I wondered if that was, I don't yeah, know. They're, yeah, I kind of catch mm. that, but I didn't fully look into it, but knowing Disney, knowing, like, some of the Hollywood history wouldn't surprise me for, like, I don't know, kind of like Masonic type of symbolism or um, right. or even like Hindu or Buddhism type of Hindu. Symbolism in Hollywood? No way. Oh, And in Star yeah. Wars, no, no less. I know, like, Crazy. this is the first movie that they came out with symbolism. Did you know Perish that? That's wow, that's wild. <laughs> hmm. You know, it's eyes wide shut type of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> uh, Cosette, keep leading us through your notes. I think we're, I think we're yeah. through with that part. Yeah. Um, very next thing. I just really like the Neb B droid. <laughs> he was a beast. Knocking down all the troopers and yeeting them across the room. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. Another note I had when they were on. Oh, hold on. Yeah. I, I, I want a, a quick commentary on Ned B. Yes. Tons of speculation that there was a dude in that robot suit. Like, obviously on, on screen, we there's a dude in the robot suit to make it work. A lot of us thought that that was actually a person disguised as a droid. Nope. Mm. That's a big old. That's a big old no. Nope. I, nope. I was in team man hiding in robot suit, and <laughs> that we were we were we were wrong. Kind of cringe. We Can were we... super wrong. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Go ahead. Um. Okay. So I have while well, they're on the beam here. Um. Obi tells Haja that there are other ways to fight uh, when he puts down his saber and his weapons after he goes out um, and kind of surrenders there. Uh, he just says the same thing to Han Solo in A New Hope uh, when they're approaching the Death Star saying you can't win, but there are alternative ways to fight. I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. Kind of like, um, yeah, there's another callback to that too. Uh, back in the training fight scene where Anakin's got uh, Obi Wan pinned down. He's like, it, it, "Does he say admit you were beaten or admit you were defeated?" Something like um, that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I somebody mash up that exact same line with with Vader's, like, "Admit you are beaten." I'm like, "Oh, mm. it's all mm. running together." I liked it a lot. It's good. Continue onward there. I liked the evil Lola, <laughs> more evil Lola. <laughs> Uh, however, does I... every oh go does ahead. Everybody go ahead. know that does does everybody know that we have a robot named Lola? Because oh man, I feel Carrie Fisher. Name Carrie Fisher. Hello, Carrie Fisher Yikes. had uh, a bird named Lola. Oh, like, I wasn't aware had, of that. Had pictures with it and everything. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, special. I was, and then they made it evil. Yeah. Evil Lola. No. Evil Lola. Yeah. Temporarily <laughs> just, evil Lola. Just that, just that restraining bolt. That's all it was, man. Misunderstood yeah, Lola. The eyes turning red. Like who knew? Like... <laughs> I, I was kind of hey, visual a, storytelling. Visual cues have to be have to be pretty obvious. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed there, um, while Leia's up in the vent trying to figure out wires and everything, like evil she found evil lola and it kind of quote quote attacked her i feel like they could have done more with that um it just kind of 
just steered her way and she kind of just grabbed it. I don't know, it seemed very anticlimactic for not that it was a big scene or anything, but I feel like there could have been more of a little fight there between them, but yeah. that's just even me. if it's a little just a little, little zappy yeah. zappy yeah, prod little, or little something. Ow. No. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about that Layla like not knowing how to fix her droid, but all of a sudden knows how to like we rewire, rewire the some yeah. big old door. <laughs> like, dude, is there droid. just no consistency? No, yes, oh, you mean no. you mean? Like, oh no, no, I know. Like I know she, what she in mean. the early yeah. on, like yeah. yeah, it was broken, and now she didn't know how to fix that, but she knows how to fix the wiring of a big door. It's just what was the red one? I find it hilarious. I I left. The red one. I left. Maybe Lola helped her. No, come on! <laughs> no way! They no, that's deleted. Saying it for sure, if that's the case, it's kind but of no a, way. No. It's kind of a fun callback to to Mandalorian yeah. where he's helping Baby Yoda, the red one in the blue one, or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, Zap. good stuff. I what do. I do want to go over the point. So the whole Vader pulling down the transport, which I thought was just. That was hot. That was a hot scene. <laughs> Ripping it to pieces. and But obviously, I kind of figured there, someone had to be flying that. Whether it was someone who graciously um, volunteered their death or whether it was a droid. But how was that thing flying off is what I kind of want, mm. want to wonder. Hmm. Unless they had some Don't sort have, of like... I mean, it could have been that thick R2 unit getting it done. Thick. <laughs> there was another R2 right. unit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they, they might have an auto... An yeah. Unless they have some sort of like auto departure from orbit system That's what or something I was thinking to that as effect, well. But yeah. Kind of up in the air. Maybe it was if, the robot that killed, got killed. Yeah. If there was a robot giving its life... Uh, for the cause, knowing Disney, they probably would have showed it explicitly because yeah. they like yeah. they like giving That's us true. our dramatic robot scenes. So <laughs> That's the one thing I, they get right. <laughs> yeah, rip, rip, IG eighty eight. May he rest in <laughs> pieces. IG fifty five. Thank you. Um, K two. Mm. Yeah, K oh two. Mm. Oh yeah, no doubt. I want to go over. Um, Oh, I'm just blanked on her name. Um, Reva. Reva. Reva and Vader's duel there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could call it a duel. A duel, the fight. <laughs> yeah. um, Reva, Reva realizing she's outclassed in every single way possible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was Vader ma letting her believe that she had a possible chance by breaking the saber in half and giving it to her. Cause I mean, obviously he could have just snapped her neck with a solid little move, but I don't know if that was out of guilt or compassion or just his sick twisted mind of letting her think that she had a possible chance. But yeah, I liked kind of breaking down this here because yeah, yeah, I don't know. After, obviously, he knew that she was a youngling, too. Um, that she didn't. 
That no, that surprised but, me. Like, yeah, I figured Vader didn't have a clue who this chick was, and once he like realized who it would be, he'd be like, oh, oh well. But like, no, he's known the whole freaking time. Talk about the long game. Oh, <laughs> this this whole time she thought she was hunting him, and he was just waiting for her to make her move so he could yeah. put her in her place and put Using her in her place her. and yeah, yeah, and put her in her place in such a regard where he doesn't even feel killing her is worth it, which, uh, again, lightsaber stabbed to the gut, not killing people. Uh, yeah, I'm like, when, gonna, when did this... I'm just this... going to get into that hey. now. Let's just get into it now. Yeah. So she gets stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber as a youngling. Mm. I, I feel we discovered in this episode, right? Is that fair? Right. I, I no, feel that's exactly she said what... she hid among... In the episode, she said she hid among the dead bodies. Right, but when you he, see She did Vader... not get stabbed, though. But when you see Vader stabbing her, you see the flashback, and Hayden makes the uh, Anakin the makes thrust. the exact same move. Yeah. Blue lightsaber thrust paired with the red lightsaber thrust. Uh, to be her fair, groaning I, face. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we. It's possible. Yeah, there's a lot. But I, I think that's what they're telegraphing on screen. Like yeah. I think he stabbed yeah. her both times, and she's reliving it the second time. She just still has the hole know, there, so the second stab just totally missed. <laughs> not even, not even. Well, no, didn't so, even hit her. No, no. She taught herself how to like force field that, you know, just go around right. guys. Come on, yeah. Like that's how that's how she got so close to Vader. Was, well, maybe she healed herself, herself like Ray. Yeah. There is there is canonical. Well, <laughs> what what used to be canonical. She didn't get stabbed in the gut. She let her other Padawan. Uh, family get stabbed before she oh, got, no. before she cowered down like felt the cold the warm bodies go cold that was a that was a moment that was mm. a moment Guard, yeah you saying? i was gonna say there is canonical canonical well used to be you know legends stuff where like dark side users can basically hold themselves together through pure hatred i mean like darth bane you know from the old kotar well, mm-hmm. I think Maul really does that in the Clone Wars too. Like canonically, I think even you're 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 right there. Something about yeah. dark side hatred and fear helps keep someone alive through pain and all that. Uh, Frank, look at Vader. The, look at freaking the, Vader, dudes. He was yeah. The yeah. Grand Inquisitor even says vengeance has yeah. a way of bolstering someone's will to live. Yeah, I th- I thought that was a very key line. Yeah, we've we've seen that Definitely. a lot now from from dark side users. But my the point I want to make is all of these people surviving lightsaber stabs to the gut cheapens Qui Gon's death in Episode One. For sure, yeah. it really and does cheapens every death. It yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah, being being stabbed with a lightsaber once upon a time just meant you're dead, like. Uh, yeah, it's it's a laser sword, man. Come on, like the the effort you have to take to just put it in somebody and take it out is more than just whoosh, just a slice through them. Like the whole point of a lightsaber is it's supposed to be effortless, and 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 it takes the skill of a Jedi basically not to cut your own arm off when you're using it. Um, so Except yeah, for the stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan slicing through stormtroopers yeah, but and not we haven't... slicing through stormtroopers like what's right. that yeah, again, it's, it's so... the budget man it's the budget oh forget yeah, the budget you could... I'm a little disappointed we got to see a laser fence cut a stormtrooper in half before we yes, have a lightsaber I was going to yeah. make that yeah. point yeah. Yeah. go ahead Kozat I do have two points however 
with her not dying, that was one big thing that I was wondering that, yeah, I want to assume that she, it, she had been impaled as a youngling. I want to know whether or not she patched that up later on with some special empire technology and that's why she hadn't died later on when we see him impale her once more that it wasn't going through internal organs it was just kind of breaking through that that or vader does remember um basically stabbing her as a youngling and he knew that yeah that didn't kill her so if this is a form of compassion and making sure he stabbed her in the right place knowing that she would still live after this or if it was just whoops he stabbed her just to stab her thought maybe she'd die later on although I feel like if he wanted to make sure she was dead he could have uh they did walk off see her laying there still alive so he's got his two lightsabers here ready to go yeah I'm just thinking Oh my gosh, it's the Dooku moment all over again. He's going to do like just, you know, do it, right? Yeah. Um, and no, we didn't get that. He 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 goes for the single stabby, which I, I felt was very impactful. But yeah, it just, again, I gave it a seven. You want you want me to make it an eight? Cut her head off. Like, <laughs> eh, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Hmm. I feel as though Disney will have more... Uh, plans for Reva past the Obi-Wan series. Yeah. I'm honestly I'm a little I'm a little worried about that. Not I not that I have anything against the character. I I think the character is great. I think uh Moses Ingram has done a great job playing her. That yell that she has when Vader catches her trying to attack her and pushes her back, like that was that is exactly what I wanted to hear in that moment. That was the stuff. I think she was an idiot for deciding to attack at that point, but you know that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> the Reva show, I'm just, I'm not the the rogue you know inquisitor. I don't, I don't. It, you know see it's it. gonna happen. Yeah, Wait, it's gonna the, happen, man. I think, I think you might be right because where are we going next week? We we end this episode not like yeah okay vader's coming for us but it's almost like an afterthought we end this episode with ominous music with luke sleeping in his bed like reva's coming for luke like that's the main threat we're left with not vader and his Mm. star destroyer coming after a ship with a disabled hyperdrive which was another thing i'm like what what are we doing next week like what's happening which way are we going with this i was i was a little confused my suspicion and there, there have been substantial rumors here, is that the Disney scrambled at the last minute to figure out a way to put a season two of the show together. Um, I have a feeling that the Reva surviving was a reshoot, potentially, um, and that she was planned to die, and that the show was going to wrap up in the season one, just like they told us the whole time. Um, I think potentially that's where they're going with the season two which I'd honestly be a little disappointed with because I think it's a huge let I mean, what, where do you go after Vader? Like there's nowhere you can't go right. up from that. You have to go down. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm more star Wars is more star Wars and I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm just, I don't know. 
we'll we'll get into predictions here at the end. <laughs> um, any any more notes from you, Cosette? Um, just one. I it was kind of lost here. Um, going back to the flashbacks of Anakin Vader, where uh, Anakin finally, I guess you want to say, defeats him in the little fight that they're having. He says it's over, and uh, Obi responds with oh only a sith deals in victory like that anakin like what a what a what a sore loser i would have turned to the dark side too man (laughs) like come on give him a break (laughs) i love that um yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's made very clear that um while anakin these days vader is is the better swordsman um obi-wan still knows how to outthink him pretty pretty heavily so very cool um okay michael from the top what do you got for us well i i will i'll try to keep things brief um but uh first of all one thing that i feel i have um i usually try to give disney the benefit of the doubt um especially with this newer content um i feel they've improved since their films um, they're, mm. they're like Amen. force awakens and those, you know, they are, they are what they are, but then something like rogue one comes along and I'm like, Oh my goodness, it's possible. They can do it. And then we have like the Mandalorian thing. So I try to give the benefit of the doubt, but to their credit, one thing that I feel that they have handled excellently. And if I could choose anything for them to handle, well, it would be Vader. Yes. Yep. I knew, I knew like, that's where you're going. And that's yeah. the general consensus I'm seeing too. Like, with everything that Disney's done since they've taken over Star Wars, whatever complaints anybody has, Vader doesn't really seem to be one of them. And I, I would agree. I think they've handled the costume, the character, all of him very well. Yeah, even even to the point of like making uh, his hood of his mask a little bit deeper to be more in line with the the New Hope design as opposed to the Revenge of the Sith. There's just slight little alterations with things like that that they've they've done well in this and um just every scene that he was in in this part or this episode i i loved i loved seeing his um how they can show obi-wan besting him intellectually at times and yet show him to just seem unstoppable when he's paired up against anyone else um I love that they've portrayed uh, just how like manipulative he is in combat like they did with Obi-Wan, where half the time with Obi-Wan, he's just batting at him with one hand. With Reva, he doesn't even bother drawing his blade a single time. Um, he either steals hers or so uses cool. the Force alone. So cool. Yeah. Um, just it was, it all of like that. It's like when Morpheus is showing Neo how the Matrix works. He's just like... Exactly. <laughs> hand things and makes her yeah. spinning lightsaber like stop and you can hear it straining and I'm like ah oh, so cool so yeah cool. all of that um just volleying her around with the force too um very cool um i do uh think what you said about her surviving being a reshoot definitely could be a potential i wish if they were gonna have her survive um they maybe do it in a more creative way or different than just another gut stab considering 
if young Reva was also stabbed, that's now the third one we've had in this series alone. So it's like a little more creativity wouldn't hurt. Like it would have been a great opportunity for them to show Vader force choking her within an inch of her life and then leaving her there gasping for air or something other than that. But um so just like enjoyed every remember her. Because yeah, like he did like, that all the time. He did that to all the other Inquisitors. Like, well, so we get. Go ahead. I was yeah. just gonna say, like, per like in the comics, like he he just just like run roughshod over the Inquisitors. Like he would like if, if they weren't doing something right, he'd just go take a leg or take a hand or take <laughs> an entire arm. Like he was like, no, like this is all part about the dark side. Like you have to experience loss. And so with Reva, he just got checks her. And just like no, yeah. It's not Darth Vader. So we with those type of scenes, it's not. He he does seem to be suspiciously lenient weak. with her, <laughs> with her specifically, because he. I mean, he wasn't weak when he was walking through that village and snapping necks. Like it's something about Reva but specifically. That's not like not... Vader. Like everyone knows that he's intimidating. He didn't have to do that. Vader didn't like necessarily always do that. But with, like, when it comes to Reva, she doesn't go all the way. Come on, like, that's not Vader. Right, even to the... It does feel off. I'm not going to argue with that. Even to the point of, like, in Fallen Order, um, we saw what happens with Inquisitors that fail Vader. (laughs) Um, And that, that wasn't really portrayed accurately here. Like, to the point of when, I believe it was the second sister in Fallen Order... Um, when, yeah, when she knew that she messed up, simply hearing his footsteps, she knew her life was over. Like Uh, that's, that seems more in line. And it just seems like Reva has had a bit of a get out of jail free card. So I guess that'd be one, one complaint there with that. Smells Um, like plot armor. Right. Exactly. Plot armor, which, you know, it is what it is. That's that's all I have to say about that. But um, I um, was a little bit uh, cautious at first when they had the um, the ragtag people, rebels, whatever you want to call them, holding up in the cave and all the stormtroopers marching. It was a good like 15 seconds where I was like, I haven't seen one of the rebel fighters get shot or dropped. But then to their credit, I think they explained that a little bit where they showed Obi-Wan up front deflecting most all of the stormtrooper bullets. And I really liked the parallel where Obi-Wan is up front trying to protect all those people as they're retreating back in the cave. And then with Reva, you have her behind all the stormtroopers. Yep, mm-hmm. without her lightsaber being drawn. Yeah, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting to show that really is the difference between a Jedi and Inquisitors or Sith. You know, I thought that was kind of a cool visual. That's a good point. You, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned, you, you refer to the, all the people trying to escape as rebels. I think pretty much everyone there is basically who Hava was, Haja was trying to get out. I'm assuming right. everybody there is force sensitive or families of force sensitive people in some some regard maybe not everybody but a good chunk of them yeah. it, that's a fair assumption yeah it's just interesting what i don't know uh, if we see them captured next episode it'll be curious to see what 
comes of that. I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't have answers for you there. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed, um, with the, the flashbacks, you know, we've already discussed some of the visual effects and stuff of that, but, um, what I did love about those flashbacks is that it showed, um, kind of conveyed the emotions of both Obi-Wan and Anakin in each moment. So it would cut at times where Anakin had the advantage and you could feel that. And, and then it showed that and portrayed it in the present. And then Obi-Wan would pull something and the tide would shift. It definitely felt like kind of this, this, uh, chess match of, um, those two playing against each other. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you you go ahead because I was gonna switch switch subjects. Oh, didn't we already like discover that or see that in the prequels and the Clone Wars? Uh, yeah, animated series. So why yeah. is this so like special with this series? Well, I just appreciate the fact that they're at least keeping consistent with that, and I did get more sense in those flashbacks with Anakin that's the closest I felt to the Clone Wars animated series Anakin he kind of had that like point here yeah he had like that confident arrogance at times but also as an extremely capable individual but like Obi-Wan said his his need to prove himself and his need for victory would be his downfall and then in the animated Clone Wars series, you have that same sense, only his skill is even more honed, and so it's easier for him to succeed or mask that desperation for acceptance and success. And so I just thought that was cool because, for me at least, that was the closest we've seen uh, live-action Hayden Christensen to Clone Wars Anakin, speaking in terms of the animated series. I thought that was kind of cool. What were you going to say, Guard? I just really like this, the flashbacks, I just really appreciated because, and I know there was some stuff pre-production or like pre-release of the show where they were talking about how Hayden had actually went back and he watched the Clone Wars, he watched Rebels, and there's that line that he says where he says like, you know, mercy doesn't defeat the enemy, Master. Mercy doesn't defeat an enemy, Master. And that's why you're going to lose if, like, if you go back and you just listen to that and you just close your eyes, he sounds like Matt Latner. Like, mm. he sounds like Clone Wars Anakin. And it's just like, that That just brought that, like, he totally could have went in, done Hayden Christensen's Anakin, and been done with it. But you know he put in the work. He put in all that time watching that stuff. And I thought his portrayal of Anakin in the flashbacks were better than yeah. his than his episodes one through three. But I also think that also has to do with the fact that Dave Filoni and those guys and Matt Latner, like they developed Anakin's character so much more than the movies did. And I think that's maybe we're finally starting to see Disney like realize like you can really develop Star Wars better with TV shows than big production movies. And I, right. I hope that's the direction they keep going. Yeah. Yeah, For it was sure. really neat neat to learn that Hayden had gone through and watched all those Clone Wars episodes with Anakin to essentially better understand a character who was developed 
you know, an animation far better than ever was um, by his portrayal on screen. Um, and, and just knowing his respect for that and using it in his portrayal of the character in the show, it, it's, it's a feel good thing. It's feel good thing. Yeah. Um, guard has informed me that he does need to get scooting here. So what I'd like to do is, uh, get his favorite and least favorite part of the episode as well his, as his finale prediction before we let him go shoot guard. Um, my favorite part, I think I got to go back to the flashbacks. I know they weren't everybody's favorite, at least with the, the faces and everything, but I thought there was just something, the story that they got to tell throughout the episode of just how Obi-Wan and how close Obi-Wan and Anakin were as, as, you know, master and Padawan and just the lessons that Obi-Wan tried to teach Anakin over and over and over again, but Anakin was always just so willful and too stubborn to really take him to heart. You know, I just, I thought that was cool. That was probably my favorite part. And, you know, going back to the whole Anakin or uh, Hayden doing all that background work, I just thought that was neat. Least favorite part. I don't know. I, I almost think it was like the box of lightsabers. And the and the cloaks like that was my like I I need more like I need to know what happened to these Jedi because like there was no confirmation of like oh these are all the dead Jedi's lightsabers or oh these are all the lightsabers of the people that like you know, hey they dropped them off and started new lives like like what are what are we doing here with I think this? it's the latter I, I think what's being communicated to us there is the latter I think those people knew that those weapons were them being found on them is essentially a death sentence so right. I think they came through the path i think they came through there and i think they decided uh a jedi no longer uh and left which which i feel is going to make a stronger case for obi-wan deciding like no i am a jedi i'm going to continue this like this is me uh hopefully we get that next week yeah predictions Mm -hmm. on the finale my guy hmm there's there's so many directions they could go um, but I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm itching for a Liam Neeson and more than just like the back of a force ghost, like, like give him a line, give him, you know, give him the, give him something to do. Cause I do, I do think that like, you know, Vader's going to track down the vessel and, you know, they're going to do this whole thing and. And Reva's gonna find Luke or whatever. You know that could there could be many many cool things. But like, give me some Liam Neeson. Give me some Qui Gon. Like, guide your Padawan, man. Like, teach him the way. So I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have some hope there. Uh, we know Liam Neeson has signed on for the Star Wars shorts. Um, anybody remember what those are called that they're going to be doing here? Tales of the Tales Jedi. Of the Tale of Jedi. Tales of the Jedi. Um, we, we do have confirmation he signed on for that. So that's interesting. He's in studio for one thing. He's going to be in studio for another. So I thought yeah, he had said he was on only going to do movies. <laughs> well, he's um, he voiced himself in uh, Clone Wars and the Mortis arc. Mm-hmm. That's true. So about that. we'll see. We'll see. A lot of people say a lot of things. And they do different things. Especially when signed Disney, an NDA. Who, who full on promotes <laughs> yeah. lying about what you're gonna be doing. So that's mm. that's a thing. Um, okay. Well thanks so much for joining us, Guard, and we will see you on the flip. Blah. <laughs>
Perfect. Uh, Michael, do you have any more notes for us? Yeah, I just had uh, a couple um, here real quick. I thought it was uh, very interesting to show the, the parallel. I think so often why Anakin or now Vader uh, screws up with Obi-Wan is, again, that need to prove himself. And even uh, the lines like when he told Obi-Wan back in the flashbacks that Mercy uh, doesn't defeat the enemy... He views a lot of what Obi-Wan had tried to instruct him as just either not right or foolishness to the point of where Obi-Wan showing Anakin mercy on Mustafar by not outright killing him, Vader feels was even foolish. Like, I know there's, there's times where Vader wishes he were he was dead because he feels trapped, and I know we talked about that in previous episodes, but... Um, I felt that 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 line in that flashback gave even more merit to my favorite line of the series thus far, where Vader says, I am what you made me. Agreed. Because that mercy that Obi-Wan showed Anakin by not killing him, in Anakin's mind, only made him stronger and more of a thorn in Obi-Wan's side. And so it was just very interesting to see that all play out. Um, just that hatred and that rift between those two growing deeper and sharper. Um, and uh, I just knowing rebels, I knew it was coming, but it was it was neat to see the Grand Inquisitor um, return. I've been a little under underwhelmed to say the least with his with his character, but at least I have uh, comfort in knowing that they've they kind of opened and closed that door now. So that feels like it's at least secured enough that it doesn't require more attention, I guess is how I'd put it. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, that, that's pretty much it. I'll save a couple things for favorite and least favorite parts, but that's what I had at least for notes, keeping it brief. Very good. All right, Mike, you're up. Don't, don't poop on our parade too much here. <laughs> you want my uh, least or favorite moments? Or did, did you have any notes that you took from the episode? Anything you wanted to talk about specifically that we haven't already? Oh, um, you know what? It's just been this whole series has been underwhelming uh, from the get go for me. Um, it's fair. It's just the character development, the storyline, logically and illogical. Like it just. It's not Star Wars to me, so that's the only points really I have on it. Um, there, there's, I mean, there's some some good things. I'll say that, like, there's some that they could have driven or drived with more, but they just didn't, and it's disappointing with Disney. And my gripe is with Disney, but with the what who they have for writing stories or who is directing it whether that be the producer of Dave Filoni they should know better um, than what they've been doing with Star Wars um, it's not a good series um, some characters should never have been introduced some of the continuity that they're um, that they're taking out and putting in is just it's not a connection that is Star Wars but that's my take on that your i'm curious as to your 
general reaction just to in any of the media we've gotten in any Star Wars we've gotten since Disney took over. I, I think typically everyone's pretty disappointed in what we got with the sequels. But like, did you enjoy Rogue One, The Mandalorian, um, so Boba Fett? I, I'm just curious on those. So with with Rogue One, very exciting. I loved that uh, story. Um, rewatching it, you know, I see some plot holes with it, but all in all, it was a good story. And most people, the only thing that they can recall from that story, not all the people, but a lot of people is just the Vader scene, which is that's okay. Um, yeah, I really like Rogue One with um, Mandalorian. Uh, first two seasons, they've been good. Um, I don't, I don't really see the point of bringing Luke Skywalker back into it. I think they just should have just gone with just Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian on their own little ventures, and. And then they have Boba Fett, which was basically Mandalorian 2.5, and it ruined season three of Mandalorian. Um, I did not like that at all, and it showed the it showed not Luke Skywalker, but Jake Skywalker of all people of making a baby Yoda choose what he wants to do with his life. It's like asking a kid, "Hey, what are you going to do? Going to college? What are you going to do to college?" You know, like some kids, some people. They don't know. They just go with the flow. And I, I don't like that. Um, with the new trilogy, there were a lot of hopes with that. Um, Force Awakens, you know, it, it was for, it was a forgiven episode. Like, they just remade New Hope, pretty much. There are some things that they could have uh, gone with. Um, I was, I, when uh, Last Jedi was going to come out, before it was going to come out, you know, I was hoping, my friend and I were hoping that they would do kind of the storyline where, because they show the scene of the laser, the Death Star, um, destroying uh, the New Republic. And we would think, you know, there would probably be more uh, places that have New Republics, and so that would attack the uh, Kylo's uh first resistance or the resist oh, i can't remember what their his army's called and the rebels and they would team up and you'd have the light and dark side become balanced once again but that didn't happen what we got was there were some good parts and a lot of terrible parts the fighting scenes they were decent but if you look at them closely subpar um then they you know the fandom reacted to it didn't like it so they brought jj uh, abrams in and tried to fix a lot of plot holes and then it became known that ray was Pal a palpatine it wasn't it just wasn't really original it just feels like with disney what they're doing is just they're taking the old stuff and trying to put a new twist or their own twist on it and it's not working whereas we've seen with like rogue one and what they could do with that story that was in still the continuity of the original trilogy and the prequels, what they can do. And with the man learning what they can do with that. But when they take something that's original, that is very dear to people, they just go up and ruin it. And so with like the storylines with this current series, not a big fan 
Uh, there's a lot, a lot of plot holes, and the character development uh, for me with like Vader, it's not Vader. Um, with Obi Wan, like I said in the beginning, it's just yeah, he's probably gonna be like rusty with the Force. And logically, like, if you're going to cut yourself off the Force, how are you going to communicate with Qui-Gon? But I would think Qui-Gon would show him that way of being cut off from the Force, but also being able to communicate to Qui with Qui-Gon. Um, it's just, it's subpar. It's just what it is right now. And hopefully they do a better job in the near future, but... Yeah, that's that's my long answer. That's to your all right. Question. That's all right. I, it, you know, it, it it's kind of a downer, but you're you're absolutely entitled to that opinion. And, and there there's lots of people out there who share it with you. Um, mm-hmm. I know Boba Fett was a huge disappointment for a lot of people. I personally wasn't a huge fan. Um, I think the only things I've really like super enjoyed out of uh, Disney so far have been. Rogue One, which kind of got made the way it did as an accident, anyways. Uh, yeah, kind of there's a lot there. of behind the scenes oh, stuff yeah. that did not go well. Um, and then kind of Mandalorian, I feel for the most part has been flawless. Um, Boba, yeah, Boba Fett kind of took some missteps, and I'm kind of right in the middle on Obi Wan here so far. I think you you're to ask me to rank stuff in order. I would say. Uh, from Disney so far, I would say like Mandalorian and Rogue One top, then Obi Wan, then Boba Fett, and I put the sequels way down there. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. any other notes? Any other notes from um, from the show that this episode specifically? Mm, for, uh, from this episode specifically, um, no, I don't really have any notes. I think I said all I could say cool. on this episode. But... Cool. Well, I guess it's my turn now, and you guys feel free to jump in at any point in time. Um, so I think we kind of talked all about the uh, scene there at the original, uh, at the at the Jedi Temple. Sorry, uh, stormtroopers are continuing to be as useless as they ever have. Um, I think <laughs> if you probably counted all the blaster bolts that were fired in the the scene where they uh, jump in the hangar there. Uh, there's several hundred and maybe three of them hit anybody. So that's what it is. Um, I had made a prediction about Reva, uh, how she knew Vader was untouchable. And so she wanted to kill Obi-Wan as revenge for what Vader did to her. Obviously that prediction wasn't right on its face, but I feel they got halfway there. Like she is using Obi-Wan, but she hasn't realized that Vader's untouchable yet. I think maybe she's might be there after this week, but um, I'm just curious to see where she's going to go now. Like, does she want revenge on Obi-Wan now? Is she still trying to face Vader? I, I couldn't say for sure. Um, what else do I have here? I think, okay, here's something. Obi-Wan played Reva. And he played her hard. I think I think he thought she was going to die. He was using her to help him and everybody else escape. And I think he was perfectly content. He knew she had no shot against Vader. And I think he was going to let her die. Give me, give me some thoughts on that. Cosette. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought... Possibly there might be some kind of hope of compassion in him, but I think 
it could have been just letting her sit there and suffer and yeah I I don't know I need to look more into it but it's very interesting the interactions between them I don't think yeah I don't think Obi-Wan necessarily has a lot of compassion for Jedi slash younglings turned to the dark side that's that's what I'll say about that I think he um had an opportunity presented for them to both feel like they maybe had a shot together of taking on Vader. It's tough to say. I think he might have jumped in at that opportunity. But if it came down to Reva and saving the lives of all the refugees, I think he pretty clearly made his decision. And that's interesting that you bring up that point because that really shows how uh, rough and tumble... uh, Obi-Wan has become in his time on Tatooine. For sure. It's interesting, though, because she, she's asking him when they're talking by the wall, like, are you prepared to kill him? And he hesitates, like, no. Like, he can't kill Vader, but at the same time, he's perfectly content to leave Reva to die at his hands. I, I don't know. We're talking about plot holes. That might be one of them. Uh, yeah, the wall, like the ten foot wall that they were whispering to each other about. Yeah, we're gonna call we're like... gonna call that a force whisper. That's that's all I got. Oh, yeah. don't that's get that's don't give I... me that simple answer, Joran. Come that's, on, that's all give I got. Force whispering. That's all. No, well, that's they... bull crap. I'm with that's you. Bull crap. They were. I I'm know. With you, I know. It's how I help compensate it in my head. <laughs> See, this is the problem with like this Star Wars, this series. You have to make assumptions that they you don't illustrate. Like in original trilogy, they threw throwaway lines that made you thought, made you think. With this, you have to make assumptions on, was Anakin looking at Padme's apartment? Were they using the force to whisper to each other? You know, that's a lot of assumptions where that the storyline should be able to tell you what they're doing. Like, it's, it's just bad writing. And it's just really bad poetic writing for that matter. <laughs> Or the doors were it just is. thin enough, and Man. they could they could speak through them. That yeah, they could be that simple. Oh, open, bull like, crap! Come they're, on! They're well, come on! They're, they're not very the they're not very <laughs> thick doors. They're specifically the blast the doors for thermal displacing. So I don't know how soundproof they are per se, but it's definitely yeah, not come a, on. a material that we have. Kyle Ren didn't do that. Come did, on, let's. Did anybody <laughs> notice? Did anybody notice the? Uh, lightsaber reflection off Vader's lenses. A Ooh, bit. at yeah. what part? I actually, yeah, I thought, oh, that's it, during during the fight with with Riva, uh, specifically mm. when he's holding both lightsabers, and I think you see you you see an angle where those are reflected in his in his lenses. Um, I don't I don't want to say never, but that's something we never saw in the uh, original trilogy. Because those were all rotoscoped mm. in, like there was no glowing stick. Uh, so it was it was very interesting to see now that they're actually physically holding a, a prop that's a, a red glowing stick. Um, to yeah. See the, to see that reflected in the lenses in his visor, I thought that was very cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, the lighting is fantastic because of that too. The environment seems more vibrant because of the sabers. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So I was, I don't know, I. I think I've kind of talked about the rest of my notes here. I was confused. I was confused by the ending. 
I, I don't understand if we're going to get more Vader next week. Is Ray, is Reva the main threat now? What's going on with the hyperdrive issue? Like, are they going to be captured by the Star Destroyer? Like, I feel like they're trying to tell two stories now. And I, right. I just, I'm curious to see what we see next week. The big thing, the big thing that we still have left to see, and it was, if you look at any of the concept art, we've, we've seen all of that concept art take place, except for one scene, which was what looked like a rehash of uh, a fight between Vader and Obi-Wan, but it looked almost like it was on Mustafar again. It's it's a it's a piece where they're fighting on some kind of bridge and there's lava or fire or something in the background. So boy, I don't know how we get there. Maybe it's like maybe maybe Obi Wan goes on the Star Destroyer and like sabotages it and it's like crashing down and they fight while it's doing it. Oh man! As I just said that, I'm getting goosebumps. Like that would be cool. But I'm I'm oh. very curious to see. I, I sure hope that's the direction we're going. If we're gonna do anything with this, like go ahead and show me Reva in an after credit scene, like her doing some sneaky stuff, whatever I I'm fine with it, but I, you have to give me more Vader next week or I'm going to be, uh, please just, just yeah. please, just please. Yeah. Just please. Hello. Okay. Um, any more thoughts before we head into uh favorite and least favorite? Yeah. I just wanted to toss out real quick. I think we, it, shows a little bit to the detriment of the series that this was initially a one season activity and as it went they have i think started to consider it being two or still, more it's still rumors we we don't know until we right. know i'm i'm with but you it, they probably are some of the hints seem to be showing that and i feel like with that in mind i'm a little disappointed even though he's my favorite that they came out the gate with vader hot and heavy to start because if there were going to be more seasons that could have been something that was much more developed and and um hyped and done better and i kind of wish like they could have had a great opportunity to do something with maul even in like a season one do something with darth maul or something other than that we'll see again that's all speculative but i just thought um it'd be interesting i i wouldn't even be mad if we got the final uh obi-wan versus maul fight that we saw in rebels but in live action i'd i'd gobble that up even if it was shot for shot the same if it was done with ewan mcgregor and oh i'd be all over that but that was just kind of a random offshoot shot very good. Well, we'll go backwards. Um, Mike, give us your. We'll we'll try to kind of rapid fire here. Just give us your favorite part and your least favorite part. Just bam, bam. Um, I say my favorite part was like Vader, kind of like seeing some aspects of Vader in this episode. Um, my least favorite part is just the writing and the story uh, so far my least favorite part that's fair michael uh favorite part absolutely vader stopping the ship and then tearing it to pieces and the little details of it of hearing him strain through his through his mask like his his breathing change and just i love anytime you get to see vader convey emotion even from beyond the mask super cool 
favorite part was that. Um, least favorite part, uh, one more specifically, is the fact that Obi-Wan didn't delete the messages from Bail Organa. Oh, you it, beat me to it. Like, you beat me like, to it. <laughs> it's like... Uh, I I have a cell phone and I know that better than Oh man. Yeah. So that was and then as a more kind of general least favorite is just that they've waited this long to utilize the flashbacks. I feel that's something they could have uh introduced in episodes prior and it it would have been more healthy instead of like people wanting it, wanting it, wanting it, and then we just have gotten it in this episode and the series is almost over. It just felt a little oh. Um, short sold, I guess, for the flashbacks, but it's fair. Cosette hit me. Um, I'd say favorite parts were definitely Vader ripping down the transport that, and along with him and uh, Riva's little Reva. fight there. I think that was kind of cool. Um, least favorite parts, however, I was with Gar on that. Um. The, I feel like they could have done more with the sabers sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. To be perfectly honest, I oh man, I would have forgotten about that scene if you guys hadn't said anything about it. Like it just kind of went right over my head. I, I I remember seeing it, but I almost need to go back again and look at it. Um, okay, my favorite part was the moment Vader walked through that door. Uh, to the minute that scene was over, ripping down the. Uh, um, transport and then just absolutely putting Riva in her place uh, was just fantastic. Not having to use a lightsaber at all. Loved it. And like you said, Michael, uh, freaking Bail Organa and the stupid communication, which again, I feel, I feel, I have a suspicion, this ties into my prediction for next week. I, I think that was phoned in. I don't think that was part of the original writing. I think they put that in real quick to try to give us, you know, the Reva thing with the season two. Um, I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. It just felt it. It was honestly probably the sloppiest thing we've seen on the show. Uh, either he's an idiot or the writers are dumb or both. I just, it made me sad. Yep. Everybody's an uh, idiot. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, just so we don't end on a downer, let's get uh, just a quick prediction. I guess you guys kind of already heard mine. Um, I'm hoping we get a Vader Obi-Wan fight on, uh, in like the engine room of a star destroyer, uh, we saw a lot of that in Clone Wars. Uh, to see that in live action would be would be pretty sweet. Cosette, what do you got? That was exactly what I was hoping for. It was another a proper Vader and Obi fight, uh, possibly Not one so. where because throughout this whole Obi Wan show with the flashback and then um, their other fight that they had say Anakin kind of had the high ground there but I want another proper fight where Obi definitely leaves feeling like he won that thing so yeah hoping for that um obviously I think Reva's gonna have some interaction on Tatooine here and but yeah not too much that's just what I got perfect Michael um I so building a little bit more off of it because yes, of course I want a Vader Obi Wan showdown real bad, um, but more specifically in that I want to show elements where Vader has learned or tried to adapt 
uh, to Obi-Wan that forces Obi-Wan to change things up. Like, I don't want Vader to be making the same mistakes, you know, like, even if it's something, it might be tricky to do it in a non-cheesy way, but showing, like, Vader actively trying to keep, like, if Obi-Wan jumps up on a higher ground, Vader, like, cutting him down from it, like, Mm. breaking a balcony or something like that, or pulling him down with the force, like, learning from things that he had he had messed up with before and also it might be fan service it might be leaning heavily on nostalgia but i don't care give us some sort of mix of uh battle of heroes uh in the music when they're fighting i would just music get yeah instant goosebumps if we had that fight and then also something like like a battle of heroes imperial like mix yeah oh oh and then yeah just something something liam neeson i hope it's more than just a line or one shot i i really hope it's like a conversation uh, something too they've been teasing it the whole show we gotta get it right we gotta get it mike i'll give you the last word predictions uh my predictions would be um with at the end of this last episode with uh, Reva finding the transmitter, um, that will lead to her going to Tatooine and um, almost killing Luke, but decides not to, and then going back to Vader. And she, either she die, doesn't go back to Vader and dies, lets, lets go of that anger and dies like a peaceful death. She's been like, supposedly stabbed twice um or <laughs> she goes back to vader and he just rips her a new one um mm. and then with <laughs> then with like uh obi-wan and vader i think it's gonna be like probably a week battle or duel um throughout this whole series like when they show vader Where's his music? Where's the Imperial March? Um, hopefully it's, we get it. It's in towards, there. Uh, the end. It's, it's buried. Very it's faintly, if anything. Yeah, I know. Um, I want to I hear more. I'm but gonna... hopefully we get that to where, kind of like the Empire Strikes Back, where you feel that triumph. But I don't think we're going to get that. Then with like Leia and Organa and Luke, um, those will just be loose ends that we will won't figure out. And really really um just there'd just be loose ends loose plot holes and it'd just be like oh leia went back to oregon and knows about obi-wan um and about her father it it it's just gonna be loose plot holes from that but that's my prediction well i mean we know where we know where it goes 11 years from now right (laughs) yeah but like it's just it's just gonna be it's very the yeah I well, <laughs> I hope it's great and you love it. That's what I hope. Uh, well, thanks, Don't thanks for, like yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for joining us. I appreciate my panel of guests for coming on here and helping us talk about the episode. Uh, please sure to make sure if you uh, have any interest in anything MCU, uh, go ahead and look up our sister podcast. It's Boom Looking for This. Uh, we're actually trying to get uh, both of these podcasts, perhaps some new ones, uh, under umbrella here. Uh, we're l- working on right now, so uh, we'll, we'll kind of end on that tease. Very last thing, as has become tradition over the last few episodes, as we exit, we are all going to give you our very best Nerf impressions. If you don't know what a Nerf is, it is a space cow. 
Uh, so we're going to make our very best space cow noises in three, two, one. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody, and may the force be with you.